Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Good morning. I'm just thinking about Elijah this morning, reading from chapter 5 of James, where it says, verse 10, Think about my brethren, the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. Behold, we count them blessed who endure. You've heard about the patience of Job, and you've seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very full of pity and tender mercy. Then he goes on and talks about being sure that our word is faithful, that we tell the truth all the time, that we don't need to back up our truth with anybody else or with any swear words. And then he says, um, pray for the sick. The prayer of faith can save the sick. Confess your faults one to another. And then he speaks about Elijah. So we have the prophets in general that are our examples. And then we have Job. And the whole book of Job is a wonderful example of righteously enduring suffering. But then we get to Elijah, verse 17. Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. He was just like you and me, and he could be tired, and he could be destitute, and he could be hungry, and he could be desperate, and he could be persecuted, and he felt all the emotions that we feel when we come up against those trials in this life. It says, and he prayed earnestly, that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. I just want to tell you that when you look back at 1 Kings chapter 17, you see a very discouraged prophet of God. I mean, he's living during the reign of Ahab, and he's supposed to be turning Israel back to God during the reign of what is uh, considered one of the most wicked kings that Israel ever knew. And in the chapter before, we see that Ahab's daddy, verse 25, wrought evil and did worse than all those who were before him. And then Amri slept. And in the 38th year of King Asa of Judah, that's the other kingdom of Israel, Ahab started to reign over Israel. And he reigned over Israel in Samaria 22 years. And he, verse 30, this is the king during Elijah's time, did evil in the sight of the Lord above all that were before him. So his daddy did evil above all that were before him. But Ahab topped even his daddy in doing evil. He reared up an altar for Baal, verse 32, in the house of Baal. He made a grove to provoke. He did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel that were before him. I'd say that means combined. He did more to provoke God to anger than all of the kings that were before him. And then there's this poor little prophet. And also what happened in that time, you remember God said that whoever built the city of Jericho, whoever rebuilt the city of Jericho would pay for that in the death of his firstborn son. Well, verse 34, somebody rose up, Hiel the Bethelite, built Jericho. And it says, with the loss of Abiram, his firstborn. You know, God always keeps his promises. So the man who rebuilt the wall of Jericho, rebuilt that city, gave his firstborn in order to do that, just like God. He probably didn't believe he was going to do that, but he did it, just like God had promised. 
And then we have this poor prophet Elijah in the middle of all that, trying to turn people back to the Lord. Verse 1, Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there won't be dew or rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And it shall be that you can drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. When this prophet was so very discouraged, God knew that he needed to go apart and isolate himself and eat. He needed to eat, and God fed him. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook, and it came to pass after a while the brook dried up. So what's going to happen now? Is the Lord going to take care of his prophet? The word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise, go to Zarephath. And you remember what happened there. There was a widow there. She had enough bread ingredients just to feed herself and her son one last time before they had to die. And God instructed his prophet to say, Give me a little cake before you eat. And you remember this woman of Zarephath said, But we're going to die. And he said, give me a little cake first. And she fed the prophet of God. God was taking care of his prophet. But then God took care of the people who were taking care of his prophet. And God, the prophet, told this woman that she would not run out of bread ingredients, that they would keep multiplying miraculously in her jar. She did, according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days, and the barrel of meal didn't run out. Neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. You know what? Elijah is being fed nutritionally by the Lord. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. God's not going to let us starve if we are seeking first the kingdom. So that's what's happening to Elijah here. And then the son of the woman fell sick. And you remember Elijah stretched himself on the child three times and cried to the Lord and said, let this child's soul come into him again. Once he had died, Elijah raised him from the dead. And the woman said, I know that you're a man of God and that the word of the Lord is in your mouth. And you remember all of this, this prayer that Elijah prayed to God that it wouldn't rain so that Ahab would would look to him, and then he went to prophesy that to Ahab. He wanted Ahab to look to God and to see that God was punishing Israel for the sins that they were committing. All of this that we read about in the book of James was before that amazing time up on the mountaintop where all of the prophets of Baal were slain. Remember, they they built those altars and God, Elijah instructed the prophets of Baal to beg to their Baal to light their fire on their altar. And they cried out and they said, maybe he's, and Elijah was being sarcastic too. He was saying, maybe he's on a trip. Maybe your God's on a trip. Maybe your God's gone to the bathroom. He was really making fun of them for their belief or for their, um, it was either belief or it was hypocrisy, but he was making fun of them for calling on a God that did not even exist. And then you remember, he put lots and lots of water around his fire, and then he called on Jehovah, and Jehovah licked up all the water, 
and lit the fire for the sacrifice. And what a great and victorious day it was for Elijah. Sometimes it's before the great and victorious day that we are suffering most. And of course, we're having to, to learn dependence on God. You know, I think Elijah knew that God was going to lick up that fire up on the mountaintop that day. I think he knew that God could do that because of a lot of things, including the ravens. If God could feed him by the ravens, birds could bring him food, enough food for a man to be full and to restore his um, soul from its desperate condition, God can do whatever he wants to do. I think he knew it from his time with the widow at Zarephath, that if God can make those ingredients just keep on multiplying so that this woman can keep on feeding me, the prophet of God, God can do this great thing on this mountain. And you know what? We should take great comfort from that. I mean, he says here, take for an example in James chapter 5, take for an example in verse 10, the prophet's who spoke in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. You know, when I need patience, when I'm suffering, I want to look back to Elijah and say, wait, there was a great day of victory that was just on the horizon for Elijah, and God sustained him until that victory. In in a big picture, that's what we're about as Christians. There is a great day of victory. In Revelation, we read that, Our king is going to be riding on a white horse and his name is going to be inscribed as the word of truth. Let's not lose sight of the fact that there is absolute truth, that we are serving the king who's going to ride on a white horse and that it says that all of those who suffered for him rode behind him in their white robes that they had washed. Are you washed in the blood? Are you enduring something right now? If you are, remember that there's a great day of victory coming and that God has not forgotten you and that God will sustain you. Matthew 6, when you're seeking first that kingdom, the kingdom that belongs to the king who rides on a white horse, who is the word of truth, God is sustaining you for such a great, great victory. I hope that you're enjoying this study. I hope that you are looking forward to the victory. I hope that you are realizing that even in the toughest of times that God is listening to you. He's hearing your prayers. That's the point of James chapter 5 is that as Elijah was, was praying to God, God was hearing him And those passages about our king on the white horse and following him because we've washed our robes, Revelation chapter 7, go take a look at it, and it will enrich and strengthen you for whatever trouble you're going through. There's comfort there. All right, I love you all. Have a great day.